Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 100 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates. And if you haven't been on my social media recently, um, this is going to be my planned final episode of this podcast. Um, it is also episode number 250 of the entire stream lifetime, including the Fitness Devil, with my good friend and uh, former co-host Dean Guido, who is here as the last guest of this podcast. And while it's entirely possible, I may in a year or so decide, hey, I missed this. I love these conversations and I want to bring it back. I really appreciate everybody who's been part of this. So it wouldn't have made sense to to close it off, at least at this point, without Dean. So Dean, it's great to have you back, brother. Yeah, it's good to be back. I was like, I was, I was almost like, should, is Andrew going to come over to my house and record? And then like, yeah. It, you you literally can't because we're renovating and we'd be in my bedroom but <laughs> it, was, it was like a weird feeling because i was like oh like i i just remember you driving up and then like because we went through like the, the podcast at my house and then my other house and so anyways i was like going down memory lane a little bit i wasn't that sad but it was it was it was it's interesting true. yeah every thursday morning i would block off the whole morning and we would record usually one sometimes actually two episodes back to back yeah um but it's been fun and we, we talked a little bit recently because you were actually part of the decision. Um, I've had, my schedule has been overwhelming. Um, I'd found this summer that I'd been kind of, I'll say it, burning out a little bit, juggling just too many things. Yeah. And I needed to kind of reevaluate the balance of everything. Um, we're going to talk lots about the value of this podcast. I mean, I can't, I think both of us know that this podcast has been instrumental to kind of what's happened to our careers. We'll talk lots about that. But I noticed that, you know, I was struggling a little bit to kind of, you know, prepare for them in advance. And it was a little bit more just like, uh, I got to upload these things. And I don't want to treat it like it's an obligation. It's got to be something that comes from a pure place of joy. I always love the guests. And so, but when you and I talked, I actually knew, hey, it's the right decision to, you know, retire it. And yeah, I always reserve the right to maybe come back to it. But there are so many other great podcasts out there. Honestly, there's more podcasts than ever. There's a lot of people doing good stuff. Uh, I definitely There's think too many podcasts. I can't even keep up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. We can't listen. But at the same time, you know, and I also want to talk about this too, and we'll get into what your thoughts are for someone to start a podcast and what, it, you know, how to approach to get value out of it. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're not starting a podcast for coaches like you and me. Yeah. Someone listening is starting a podcast to serve the clients that they're working with. Because I do actually have another podcast. It's called Forever Strength. It's with my, my co-host and my partner in that project, Bailey Lau. And the shorter episodes, we do bring some guests on where we can. And it's designed to speak to a very specific audience. So coaches can listen. If you guys actually want to, you can check it out. It's actually pretty cool. But it's definitely something different. So let's actually start with this. Like, let's tell everyone, like, A, how you came up with the idea, because this is your idea, um, yeah. how this all started, and where you were in your career then, and how along the journey it opened doors for you and where you are now. Yeah, maybe I'll start with where I am now, just because it's it's easy, almost like a pseudo intro. Um, so now I, I basically, at the end point, like I'm doing nutrition contracting. And so I, I do nutrition coaching. And then on the side, uh, or on the side, I don't know, my other business is that I, I do nutrition education for compound performance. So that kind of is where it led. Where it started was like, I was very similar to you in the sense where I was just a I was just the trainer and I say just the trainer, but like, basically I had left teaching, like this was all within a pretty quick timeline. I had left teaching as a teacher and a coach, like I coached football and yada, yada, yada. And I went into training. Um, there were some contract disputes with, and I won't get into, but um, basically I like working for myself. And so and I like training. <laughs> so I, I became a trainer and I got full really fast. And then part of it was like getting into the industry. I was already like into powerlifting. So like I was, I was, I don't know, at the time I had like an elite total and two weight classes and I was writing blogs on 1020 life. Like I was quote unquote sponsored, but um, I was already kind of in the strength and conditioning space. Like I, I coached through, through university and I, I worked at a strength and speed place for like pro athletes and, and university athletes, but never as a fitness, I guess, trainer. And so when I went into it, I was like, how do I get in this industry and figure out what the hell this thing is in powerlifting and football? It's like, you just kind of show up and, you lift weights and you make friends. Like it, if you're strong, you're in, if you're good at football, you're in. So it was kind of like, how do you figure that out for fitness? And one of them at the time was listening to the podcast because I, I don't know exactly 
what year that was. Like, it seems like I'm so old now, but like maybe five or six years ago, probably like ish. We started this one. I and I'm pretty sure we had recorded our first episodes in August of 2017. Yeah, I remember yeah, I had five years. Yeah, it's been five years. It's 250 episodes. Um, there were a couple of weeks there we released two. There were a few weeks along the way where we missed one, but otherwise pretty consistent. Yeah, and so, but like it wasn't like podcasts were like big sort of, but like not really. And so like, I was like, I'll just listen to podcasts. I don't know which one I listen to. Actually, I do know which one. I, I was like trying to consume all this fitness information. Anyways, whatever. I listened to one Mike Boyle podcast and I, I, he doesn't even run it. So it's like, whatever. And I'm not like, I am sort of trashing it, but I was like listening to this. I'm like, this sucks. Like, <laughs> like, it, and it was just, maybe it was the host, his voice. I don't know, whatever. But I started listening to a bunch of them. I'm like, I could fucking do this. Like, how hard is it to do a podcast? And I didn't really actually know the answer to that. And so like any um, a thorough researcher, I went on Google and it was like super simple. You just like download, you get a mic and you do this, you you get a program and you record. I'm like, yeah, that's like, I know what Skype is. And this is how old it was. It's like Skype was like, that was how you did videos and calls. And that's not even that long ago. Um, obviously it went to Zoom and yada, yada, yada. But anyways, so literally I'm driving down BC, not texting and driving. I was not doing that. And... And I was like, who would do a podcast with me? There's no way I want to do this on my own like that. Cause like, that was part of the problem. I like listen to these podcasts. I'm like, it's just some monologue and like, it sucks. And so I leave, I'm pretty sure we had met at some point at the gym. We met at a social media. Like, yeah, I remember we... I met you at the gym, you were working out and I was working out and you're like, Hey, you're, you're Dean. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andrew. And then we talked and then we talked about keto. <laughs> Yeah, because you were the, experimenting with keto at the time. Yeah, and then you would before keto was even a thing. Like this is the like so this is the cycle. But before keto was even a thing, like you were like asking about it, and I was telling you about it, and it was like stupid. But yeah, yeah, because uh, I met you. You were actually doing some uh, some group stuff there with a couple other trainers that have been there. Oh, at the yeah, time, old friends of yours, and yeah, uh, we did interact a bunch of over social media. And yeah, you were like on this thing where you were experimenting with keto because you were curious about it. I don't think it was like, it wasn't like this zealot rah-rah thing. It was like, okay. No, it, it, it became zealot right after that. Like, <laughs> so I, I'm always like into stuff before they're cool. And then when they're cool, I don't like them. And so that was keto. Like, can you, anyways, it was. And then at the time I was dabbling a little bit of YouTube, but yeah, that's what it was. And I, I was in my first year of being independent from after six years at a big commercial gym uh, chain, which I mean, they're gone more. You more, set up a camera in your kitchen and then you were like filming rants, essentially what it was, wasn't it? Like you were, <laughs> it was like topics, but it was basically like you ranting. I, I hate, I hate the word rant. I, I always, <laughs> totally rant. it's like, you know, yeah, it's diving into various stuff or whatever. And I think a lot of people have done really well with it, but then, yeah, you reached out. I remember you gave me a call, and well, I reached out because of that video. I was like, "Who can actually like speak? Like, not speak. I don't know. Like, it was just like there was like literally not much social media like presence in the fitness world, or at least oh. I didn't know it because I I just started and I just didn't know you did that stuff. And then you posted a video, and I was like, "Oh, he's into this shit." So I'm just I literally just reached out to you on Facebook. I was like, "Yo, do you want to start a podcast?" I don't even think it was like if I went back, it's probably as simple as that. And then you phoned me. And I was driving to like, it was easier because I wasn't texting and driving, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I don't even think was illegal at that time, um, but I wasn't doing it. But you called me and we basically FaceTime audioed the, the, the podcast because you're like, yeah, I listen to some podcasts like yada, yada, yada. And I was like, yeah, I listen to them too. I think they suck. I think we could do one. And then basically just planned out how to do a podcast. And I explained to you that you would like Skype people over the internet. I was like, I read this on Google. And then, I don't know, it wasn't even that long after that, like three weeks later, I was like, because I was on the impression, like, I was like, we need to do this now. Yeah. And like, I mean, why? yeah, it, it's lucky that we did. And yeah. then I had, we had a few local people, obviously, Dean Somerset was our first episode and we recorded yeah. with uh, our friend Alfred Jung and yeah. uh, Jordan Jett, so one of the earliest episodes. <clears throat> and then I remember that Again, I had traveled to the fitness conference, uh, the fitness summit in Kansas city back in May of that year. And that's where I met like a lot of the industry. You know, that's where I met Jeb Johnston, right. Who's become, you know, well, I think you went like, so like for anyone listening, this is, a, this is us kind of going through memory lane a little bit, but like the initial portion of it was like, 
you weren't even looking at other people like outside of Edmonton. Neither was I. I was like, listen, like, I didn't even know you could like build stuff outside of that. I, I was just like, I want to get busy and network the shit out of this. So I get clients and or <laughs> like meet other people or whatever, like create, like I, I wanted to go from like zero to 60. I, I left teaching. And I was like, I need to like be in, I need to be on the in crowd and like blow the fuck up. And so I was like, I'm just going to interject myself into a podcast. Cause who's going to not say no to a, who's going to say no to a podcast. Mm-hmm. And like, it was literally like, let's talk about all the people we know and then get them on the podcast. Like that's how it literally started was more of a networking play to kind of solidify like local training for each of us. Right. Um, and then it turned outside of that because you left to a conference and met people like oh we get this person this person this person and then it was, yeah it was, because yeah. within the first 10 episodes so he leaded an episode yeah uh, my gizertel did an episode carter good did an episode and so he's episode i mean we had the old uh upload thing and then the new one combined like so he's episode must have seen i i would be very surprised if it isn't lifetime over twelve thousand plus like we don't have that data unfortunately well, but, it was way different back then. Like, in, yeah. I say back then, like it's that long ago, but like our first episode had 7,000 views and it was more like in like the first day. No, um, it, no, you're remembering that wrong. I'm, I'm, it no. was nowhere near that, but. Oh, we, no, no, sorry. It was a thousand in the first day, but like lifetime, it was like 7,000, which was like, it heaters yeah. off after like a month. It, it um, grew a lot. And I mean, those things still, even on the new software, I mean, they, the old episodes still get listened to a fair bit because people are yeah. discovering them. And I mean, I'm going to say this to anybody who is listening, you know what? Like, yeah, sure. There aren't new episodes planned, but you have a massive library yeah. and if you scroll through. If you're more recent to this, or you haven't listened to the old ones. I mean, the bloody industries, who's who the list of people who are not guests on our podcast is much, much shorter than the people who have been guests and so it's really cool to walk through all that and just look at, you know, a lot of really successful, noteworthy people. And I'm not going to say any names. There's a couple of guests along the way that I'd be like, I would rather not do that again. Um, <laughs> there was, but they're very much a minority. There's like less than five episodes. I don't like, even give a fuck. Who was the one? Who was the guy that, that, oh man, this was awful. This was before like, like. But we're not going to say names. Oh, no, we could totally. It was, it's, he's no, not even. No, we're not. We're not saying names, but hiding in the closet and might have been high. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, we're like, not. That's okay. No, I don't even know his name anymore. Like he's literally off the map. I know where he works, so I guess we can't talk about it. Yeah, we're um, not saying names, but that was but one of the like, ones. But like, there's a few. Anyways, it, it was like that's as much as it seemed like it was planned, and maybe it didn't seem like it planned. It was zero planned. It was like literally flying by the seat. The I don't even know that this saying the seat of our coattails, coattails seats. And so but, then, you know, as this sort of took off a bit. One of the biggest catalysts for things for you, because I, I just love traveling these things. So I dragged you down to the 2018 Kansas City Fitness Summit. Yeah. And that's where, because I had met um, a lot of the stronger you people in 2017. So we went and down. We interviewed them, I think, too. At that yeah, point. we interviewed a few, right? Uh, they, we had an episode, I, Jeb and Derek were on, and yeah. I think Nick Sorrell. And then, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a trio episode. There was a few other one-offs. And then uh, we met Mike Dola in 2018 and met Mike T. Nelson, who I know you got really close with. And then that led you down this whole rabbit hole of that community with Dr. Ben house. And yeah, it was, it was one of those things where like, and this is maybe where like this thing is obviously going is like the podcast was a good segue into meeting people personally without it being weird. And like, then you go to these conferences and we had already spoken to, I'm not gonna say like all of them, but like a good portion of them. And then, uh, again and then the networking and the networking thing with like going to a conference wasn't necessarily about getting stuff done i, I would, you were just like listen you gotta go it's it's so good but it was one of those things where i did get a lot of business connections years after in in one of the cases like with stronger you like we were working there six months later but really it was just you have that initial you don't have that initial like icebreaker because it's just like okay i'm meeting these people for real it's cool and then, hey, I like all these people. We should do more stuff. And then Mike Nelson was like, you should you should message Ben. You, you would be perfect to go to this thing. And, and then Ben invited me to Texas to go lift. And then I went down that rabbit hole and I got to meet Pat Davidson and do all this stuff. And all these people I was following, I was now like just hanging out with. And I'm not one to get starstruck. So it was like, good. I just wanted to go like lift weights with people. Like this is how like I didn't have any plans with the fitness industry. I was like, I like lifting weights and being strong and i'm gonna go lift weights with people like that's how stupid it was but i think like 
realistically, that's probably why I was able to kind of bounce around a little bit because I wasn't trying to get money from people. Like I didn't, social media was like an afterthought. We were just like, yeah, we're going to do podcasts and I want to get busy with clients and lift weights, which I think was helpful for both of us because you were the same thing. You're like, I like lifting and I'm a busy trainer and I like, I like reading articles and shit. Like it was as simple as that. Yeah. I knew that, you know, the podcast wouldn't be a direct vehicle to get clients. I know of a couple of instances where, you know, a couple of old clients found me, one of our guests who they were following, you know, shared it up in his story. Turns out they're like, oh my God, this guy's in Edmonton. Then they started following me and then they reached out. So that's happened. But for me, these, these episodes have always been about uh, points of connection, connecting with old friends, uh, getting to know people that I otherwise haven't had the chance to get to meet in person. There, there are lots of guests like Jordan Syatt and I were supposed to get to hang out at Luca's event in 2021, but Jordan had to pull out of that. And so I still haven't met him in person, despite the fact we we chat, you know, fairly frequently. Yeah. Uh, Christian Thibodeau, I've never met in person yet. He was supposed to be part of our event that we we're going to do in 2020 here. That got blown up. Actually, Syatt was supposed to see in that event too. So there's actually a lot of people that was literally supposed to meet, haven't yet, and probably will in future travels. But you're right. It, the podcast actually allows you to, to create those connections. And more recently, I've been working through a group of, of people. I'm like, okay, cool. I really think this person's cool. You know, they're emerging in the industry. Uh, Some like uh, Rico, Rico Incarnate, right? He's a science former videographer. He's doing really cool stuff. I probably will get to meet him at an event in April. He was on recently. Sam Miller, who I think is really cool. Uh, Dr. Caleb Burgess is another one. And, you know, they're, they're big long list of well, all these kind of people. Well, and I think the reason why it was like helpful, and like this is part of the reason why I wanted to start it. Not that I think I'm like a social butterfly because I'm not. But I would, I was like, I was like, man, these these hosts are like so boring. And not, I'm not saying I'm not boring, but I was like, there's no way like I would want to go. If I talk to this guy, I would never want to see him again. And so <laughs> I, I, at the other end, I and I'm being totally negative, whatever. But at the other end, the podcast could be one of those things that kind of separates you in a good or bad way. Because like you can also just be a leech, which again, we, we both seen that through DMs. And so like, it's one of those things where I think if it's organic and it's good and it's fun. And one of the things that we try to do differently, and I think we did a good job and you did a good job after it was not necessarily just sticking to the the content specific nature of what that person does, like just kind of talking bullshit a lot of times. And obviously we had structured questions, um, but a lot of it was just like shooting the shit with people because I didn't want to hear that Mike tell volume talk. Like he's on 20 podcasts doing that. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? And like, I don't want to hear that. Um, and I, I hope that the guests appreciate that too, because now that we've both done a few more podcasts on other people's stuff, it's like, sometimes it can get monotonous talking about the thing. I'm really, you know what I mean? And again, our guests had always said that this was great. This is a standout, one of their favorites ever. Hey, I'd love to come back, all this sort of stuff. Routinely, we would get this. And you're right. And I want to touch on this with nuance because I've probably been a guest on over 50 podcasts in the last yeah, year. It's been a lot. And I appreciate that. And I will continue to do them. Um, if you're listening and you have a podcast or you're interested in starting one, make sure that anytime you ask for someone's time, you're making it worthwhile for them. Because a lot of people you alluded to, they'll be in your DMs and then they ask, I feel bad saying this, but I recently had, this happened numerous times where people will message me and I don't have much of a relationship with them. And they'll be like, hey, can you share this thing in your your Instagram story? And I'm like, politely, but no, I'm not doing that. Um, It just, I do that as a policy, right? I just, first of all, that drives me nuts. Don't, don't, don't ask for access to something that I've spent years working on. You have to you have to actually give it's got to be an authentic give and your story is not giving anything to quote my audience. Yeah. It's going to sound really negative but like no one's interested in your story. You have to find and consistently do something so that way you're serving the people directly in front of you. Start there and then you keep finding ways through the podcast to give something that's really valuable to people. And if you build up that audience, then the guests you'll ask, well, you're sharing that guest with your audience, which is the give, right? Mm-hmm. Plus, you're giving them an experience that hopefully if you earn, I don't want to say the word status, but authority with your podcast, 
then more people will simply want to come on. And they're going to be people in the industry just don't like doing them or they rarely do them. John Berardi very, very rarely does them anymore. We're very lucky to have had them. As that, one was sick. that was actually my favorite one. I think uh, it's probably my favorite. That was my best one in terms of me getting the answers I wanted. I was like, damn, we got John to and, say some shit. And it was <laughs> when I got to meet him in February at Raise the Bar. And I'm going to plug Raise the Bar right now. I really do need to because Derek and Nick, who've been guests recently, they're great guys. They're doing cool stuff. I want people to follow them. They, they're doing Raise the Bar in Dallas instead of Florida. So this year, February 24th to 26th. I'm one of the speakers. I'm in the lineup, right? Because I went down there last year. I built a relationship with these guys. I hung out. I just like got to meet everybody. You know, you, you play ambassador just because I naturally like that sort of thing. And there and everything I've worked on with my career and all the speaking experience I'm getting, the guys are like, yeah, we really want you as part of this event. And they can pick and choose the industry. So I hope everybody listening will actually check that event out. But I got to meet John Berardi down there. And he was he was super nice. And he was really excited to kind of go hang out with his good friend, Molly Galbraith, and a few other people he hadn't seen in a while. But he... He was very gracious and he had been, you know, keeping an eye on what I've been doing with my career and, you know, he showed interest and, and that was meaningful. And I don't, I definitely think for anybody listening, don't worry about trying to earn the favor of, or become friends with like all legacy people, people who've been around for so goddamn long that they're like, you know, retreating into family and they, they just don't put the time and effort into things like podcasts and whatever anymore, but look around at the people on the same journey you're on, I've said this so many fucking times, that have, have a lot of the same goals, are in the same place you are, they've been on the same path, and it's like Jeb, meeting Jeb in 2017, and look how like that's worked out, especially for you guys, where you guys really are just business partners in, in so much, and close friends, and and I love Jeb to death. I, you know, I encouraged him a few years ago to, to start speaking more. And then he's been a presenter at the Inline Empire Fitness Conference the last two years. We've hung out. It, it's always great to see him in my travels. And he's going to come down. You guys are probably going to come down to raise the bar, which is going to be cool. Yeah, like it, it ends up turning into that. Like you end up seeing like this is where like the world has changed quite a bit. Like even so when we first went to the conference, but like conferences have been around forever. But like anyone who's in any other industry, like a conference is where you see old friends and now we connect via Zoom and, and we use podcasting as that. But that that took us a, a, a break for a while for like two two years. Like and myself included, like I haven't like I I traveled the world damn near to like go to fitness and strength and conditioning stuff and, and meet people and go lift. And I, I feel like that was a huge mm. uh, help to the trajectory of where I was going, even though like it didn't change my base level career, kind of like yours. But it was it was helpful for for that piece for just like learning and growing but now i'm kind of ready to start doing that stuff again because again i i miss people like and you seeing them in person but like there's very few ways to get outside of your little bubble and like the internet has presented a, a helpful way of doing that it's just not the same on instagram so podcasting is very different than instagram and like dms and stuff and and text like it, it is different it's like an hour of like time where like you actually get a chat and there's not that many distractions like it, it's, it's it's kind of a cool zone but it doesn't even come close to like doing a conference or like um the time in between or the break periods or the coffee periods or like hey we're 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 at the, the hotel or whatever you're, you're getting super drunk <laughs> not <laughs> like, drinking like or whatever right like so that's where the i don't want to say the magic happens but i think that that's a, a piece that you can definitely miss out on you can do it in a little ecosystem like locally but i think that it has uh, like it, it depends on where your career wants to go i think it, it's it's good to branch out a little bit if only just to see what's out there right because again if you're not exposed to that you can get in a pretty not even an echo chamber but like we see it with with locally like where people go it's just that you get stuck a little bit and i think that for anyone who's like looking to i guess grow outside of that or they want to be exposed to it i think like yeah conferences are a great way to go um, I think one of the biggest benefits is it exposes you to ideas, different people, kindred spirits, people who are, yeah. you know, it's a shared experience versus feeling sometimes you can feel quite isolated, even within a, a local city. Yeah. And a lot of these conversations that I have in interactions with people who I feel like are doing similar things that I'm doing or have inspired my career trajectory are conversations with people who don't live here. Uh, I was on the phone with Lee Boyce just this morning. We were chatting about some stuff. And it's actually really astonishing, you know, who I get to talk to on a regular basis about 
various different aspects of career. And that includes Joel Jameson, that includes Jonathan Goodman, and so many other really cool people that I've gotten to meet in my travels. And your point about traveling, I've got a lot of stuff coming up. So I mentioned I'm speaking at Raise the Bar, but I've got a lot of touch points potentially to meet, to run into a lot of people. So Joel, I'm doing, I'm almost finished his uh, Bioforce conditioning certification. And <clears throat> Joel and I have been interacting a lot. So he, if he's able to get enough people mid-November, he's going to do something in Las Vegas. And I'm probably going to bounce down to that, which is going to be cool. So I'll get to hang out with him again and we'll see who else goes. Um, I am part of a presentation. So I'm like on a speaking panel at an event that's October 1st at Chelsea Pierce Fitness in Manhattan. First visit to New York. It's my buddy Kenny Santucci's event, Strong New York. Uh, Luke is going to be a part of that event. Uh, who else? Dr. Gabrielle Lyons is going to be part of it. Don Saladino, there's a big crazy lineup for that one. Kelsey Heenan, David Ote is in it. And so that's going to be a really cool thing. So I actually get to hang out with and meet my <clears throat> editor of Muscle Fitness, who was a guest, Jeff Tomko, recently. And uh, one of the owners of Generation Iron, who I write for, uh, Edwin. And honestly, it's going to be really cool to hang out with those guys. Then I got the RP Summit. So Nick Shaw invited me to come down to that hangout. And that's December 16th in Vegas. It's the Olympia weekend down there. So I might go to the Olympia. We'll see. The weekend before that, December 10th, uh, I've been invited to be a, pres a presenter at the regional NSCA. It's a Rocky Mountain region. So I get a presentation for that. So I'll meet a lot of cool people there. And then raise the bar in February. And then I'm going to attend another <laughs> event in probably April. That's again in Vegas. There's a lot of just Vegas stuff. But Vegas is not a hard flight like you would set off air. So if anybody's interested in any of that stuff, just message me. Hopefully I'll get to see you there because that allows for a lot of what, yeah, I'll miss out on with the podcast. But that face-to-face -face in that time, that's more powerful. Yeah, and like it's it's a I don't want to say it's a good opportunity because I don't I don't actually I think that you kind of make your own mm -hmm. way with those things and it, it it's it's not necessarily an opportunity for anything. Like I think it's just a matter of um, getting yourself out there. It's kind of like put, like doing Instagram content. Like you, there's multiple avenues you can go for. I guess doing what you do and putting yourself out there and, and podcast is one of them. Like like I don't do as well. I do Instagram a little bit, but I didn't do like what you did. But then there's podcasts, then there's reels, and then there's there's like in-person conferences and there's meeting people. Like there's a lot of people that don't have Instagram presences that have massive careers that are doing stuff and everyone knows who they are, like in terms of like the, the circuit. And so like, again, I think it's just another avenue to explore if that's what you're looking to do. And I don't even know what that is we're looking to do. It was just kind of like, if I'm, if I, in my head, and this is probably where you're at too, is like, if I'm going to do this for a career, what does a career entail? Like, it, to me it didn't just mean showing up to work like in, it meant continue ed and and like branching out and whatever that meant because i had no idea what that meant because i just kind of went full force into it and i still don't really fully know what it is but it's just like can i do this for life and get paid to do it and then how do i get better and and do that and have more opportunities and it was just you got to do all the stuff and then figure out where you fit in but again i think that conferences is a good way um to kind of like you said get exposed to it because as much as like the internet's good like you can read articles and see different camps it's like there's a lot of stuff that you can't see through on that on the thing just like instagram like there's like it, you're actually do a pretty good job of like being we'll call it authentic but really your instagram is like twitter posts for a fucking year like there's no like it, realistically no one can get a good idea of your personality through that until they meet you but then it, when they meet you they're like oh andrew's the big giant ginger guy um, that wears like tank tops that are like super tight and they show his muscles and like, but like but they remember you. And I think that that's another aspect that you can build however you use that, whatever. But I, I don't think you can think get that without that. On, on a lot of attitude and philosophy through it, right? Because like ultimately I treat it as a place to share, you know, philosophies, wisdom, yeah. that sort of stuff. And people are paying attention because, again, not everybody's paying that much attention, but the ones that are will see it. The ones that are watching the stories will pick up on things. With with social media, I like to pull back the curtain a little bit. Um, there's a guy that followed me a while back. Big account, blue check mark. Uh, but and I'm going to be very careful how I say this, but ultimately, there's sometimes people with large followings, but that there's no reason in the world why they would ever have a large following, right? They yeah. They don't can create content that draws in followers. Uh, they don't have anything noteworthy about them as educators, authorities in the industry. 
And all of a sudden they have this like disproportionately large following. And immediately, you know, it's bullshit, right? You just know, hey, it's it's bought and paid for. It's fake engagement, what have you. Anyway, so this morning I got a DM and it's a bot account, like a, just a, a robot account that has sent me, you know, when they send you someone's profile to like encourage yeah. you to follow that profile. You get them on the podcast or whatever it is. Yeah, right. And this is a dude who's been trying to cozy up to me and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, nah, dude. And then, so I sent him a screenshot of this bot with sharing his profile in my DMs. And he's like, oh, what's this? As if he doesn't know. I'm like, yeah, you know, this is spam in my DMs. I hate this stuff. He's like, oh, thanks, man. And like, I didn't say to him, dude, stop spamming this kind of crap. But ultimately, I don't want to be seen following somebody who is spamming other accounts because they look at this account and they find out that I'm following it. It's like, ew. Anyway, so like, don't, first of all, with social media, don't do that. Don't buy followers. You know, if I see, I saw a guy that I know from the internet and I like him, I like him, but I noticed that he gained within the space of, uh, all of a sudden his number, his follower number just like jumped up rapidly after being really stagnant and under 10,000. And he gained probably what it took me a year and a half to gain. He gained it in a month and he's not sharing anything. And there's no reason nothing's happened for him to kind of blow up. And again, I'm not worried about policing this stuff or, Hey, I work hard weird. You know, no gatekeeping. It's just like that, that doesn't make sense. So that's obviously buying followers. And I'm like, ew, don't do that. Well, it's just intention, intentionality behind that. Like I can never trust that person. It, it's just like, and, and again, so this is where it's good with conferences too. And like, this is maybe just how I approach stuff, but like, I have like a tally in my head on like people I think are bullshit. And like, you can also see that when you go to conferences, like, like, again, don't put people on a pedestal. And I think it's a good, it's a good way to see who's grounded. Cause, and, and also another thing that I think that we realized, um, and maybe, maybe from my perspective is that a lot of these people aren't like these, these crazy figures, like they're just normal people. And when I, when I saw that, Again, I didn't know what to think because, again, I didn't even know the industry. Was like, you got to come to this conference. I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck half these people are. And, and just because I didn't know who anyone was. And, and But I think that that was a good way of going there. I'm like, oh, they're just normal people that happen to have a blog or a, or a DVD series or whatever at the time. Like, they, they tend to do speaking. And, and then you realize the bar, not that the bar is not high, but it's not that far away. Like, from where most people are. And you can see that, like you, your career hasn't changed. You, you, train, you have the same amount of people training. Now you're just doing speaking or writing engagements and people, there's probably people who are like, holy fuck, how do I do that? This is crazy. And it's actually not that crazy. Your day-to-day -day looks exactly the same. Dean Somerset, another running joke with us. Yeah. He's literally training. Like he's probably training a little less now, but like he was like training as much as you were. And he was still doing all this other stuff and you think that he's like this fitness icon, but really he's just a trainer who lives like a couple blocks from where I did at yep. the time. He's and a very normal dude, likes wrestling. Uh, he's a very well-respected, very well-known in the industry. You know, he's been, he was just really early on in figuring out how to create seminars yeah. and teach people, then film it and then sell info products. And honestly, you know, he's been one of several really key role models in terms of, of how to follow this path, right? <clears throat> you know, getting the opportunity to write for T Nation, which came directly from this podcast because we invited Danny Sugar on here and then she turned around and invited me to write for them, which if that doesn't happen, then Generation Iron's not emailing me. And then, you know, I don't, and if I didn't meet Jonathan Goodman in 2018 at a conference and interact and get to know John a bit, then it doesn't create the relationship where I get to write for the PTDC. And, you know, some of the people I met in my travels and interacted with, led to connection to muscle and fitness magazine. And I mean, again, I've said this on air a few times, but uh, Jonathan connected me with the editor of bodybuilding.com a couple of years back. And I wrote something for bodybuilding. I got paid for it, uh, but it wasn't published until they, they were sold and that editor left and there's been a big shakeup and they haven't been doing anything. So I have an author's page on bodybuilding.com if you search it you'll find it but there's no article attached so i don't put it anywhere on my media because the article was never shared so it's like shit i don't feel comfortable actually you know saying hey i've written for bodybuilding.com which would have been which would have been a meaningful accomplishment that would have been cool well it's 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 <clears> again <throat> all those things you see you got paid for like one or like and anyone who's written you don't get paid that much it's like it's all stuff you do because it's it's what you do. 
Yeah. Like it's anyway. you care about the thing that you 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 care about your career enough to like I don't even want to say grow it, but like invest in all of it. And so you can really get closed off, which is fine. It's just like I didn't envision, and I'm sure a lot of people listening who are trainers don't necessarily envision themselves just being a trainer. Cause like there's gonna be more to it than that. And I think that in order to do some of this stuff, yeah, you gotta network, but you gotta do it and you gotta reach out to people and you gotta write and you gotta do all this other shit. And like I'm not even the best at it in my own way, I've done it, but I don't think you get that just training. Like there's very few people who get recognized just for showing up to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And even if they're the best trainer in the world, this is like, it just doesn't really happen like that. Um, and so you kind of got to force, I don't even say force it a little bit, but I don't know, you got to do more and you don't have to, but it, I find it several helpful. There. Several like related thoughts, and this will speak to everybody's career. Many of, you know, the successful people in the industry that you listen to, what have you, still train clients every day. Lee Boyce, Dean Somerset, yeah. uh, and many other people. Some of them, it, it is pivoted more online, but they still work with the client in front of them. If your ambition is to become a coach of coaches, first of all, the people who are doing that successfully, let's say, or, or A, they're major educational content creators like Pat Davidson. Got to hang out with Pat here, right? Pat's a good friend of yours. And I had a great time with him because he did a two-day seminar here, took him to lunch both days. Really love Pat. Like, I mean, Pat yeah. can, like, he's sort of like, almost bombastic and really like blood. He's a child. He's a child off air, but but he's down with him and he's actually just super nice. Very like super intelligent, really good dude. And Pat, of course, a, he's traveling around doing some seminar stuff. I know that Jordan Jeske was just at one that he was doing in Vancouver because he had to miss the Edmonton one. And, but Pat still works with people, right? A Mm. lot of people still work with people or maybe they're an owner of a business. Again, Luca, I like to point to because Luca does a lot of stuff really well. Luca owns a gym facility, still likes to get on the floor and coach, still has his people. You got Mike Isertel and Nick Shaw, the boys, they built RP and they did it because they were coaching people for years. And now they are probably one of the, like the most prolific volume of educational material creators that are out there, whether it's their books, their YouTube, appearing on shit, tons of podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. So anybody who's in that space is in some way, shape or form building something and still working with people or some combination. It's the people who are mostly marketing a lot of like, Hey, they're, they're business coaching other coaches. And I don't like slamming business coaches unilaterally. We know some really smart ones, Pete Dupuy, Mark Fisher, uh, you know, Luca again, uh, there's others in that space who are really good dudes, but don't be in a rush to do that because I really don't think that's, as lucrative or as easy as people think it is, people are not going to line up. There's you know, an expiry date on it too. Like even, even those people that we talked about, not that they have pivoted, but it's probably become a lesser part of their profile. Cause like you get, it gets saturated quick. You get all your people and then they're, they're doing other stuff too. Like it, it's a piece of their business. Well, it's not the business. Well, P2P's primary business is running <laughs> sports performance. Mark Fisher's <laughs> primary business is Mark Fisher's Lucas' primary business is bigger ground, right? Like it's not their whole thing, right? Jonathan Goodman, yeah, he actually has mentorship stuff, what have you, but like the PTDC, OTA, and now Quick Coach, they're his. Primary. He's a good, he's a good example of someone who actually built a business doing business coaching, but it was also early. But it's like this is a so anyone who listened, go back to the first 150 episodes. Probably like half of them would be trash business coaching, but it's just the idea of business coaching as like. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna just transition all this stuff I know and coach something that has nothing to do with what I did and make a quick buck. And again, it becomes like every other Ponzi scheme bullshit. And it's just like, just don't do that. You can try it. It's just like I tell you, I can already forecast your future. You it won't work. <laughs> and you'll be doing something else. Like it, 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 now it's been five years. Literally everyone we were trashing, which one of them was one of we were alluding to earlier, is like they're not doing that because there's an expiry date probably now. Now we can look back in time because this is pertinent to the first podcast, like maybe a two-year max lifespan on that. Maybe, probably more about six months. So just this, if I was to teach anyone from the first podcast, don't be a business coach and I would feel good at night. You can, you can do it. Like I do a little bit of mentorship on the side that I don't advertise anymore. People will reach out and ask me but about it's a piece. it. And, and it's honestly, it's such a fractional little bit. And I just like, you know, have conversations and, and I actually, I'm really proud of, of everybody that I'm, that I'm working with. Cause they're actually doing really cool stuff. A few of them are looking into opening gyms and it's not even my area of expertise. And I will deflect people to, okay, 
wouldn't you work on this aspect of it? You would need to talk to people who actually have expertise in opening a physical facility. Well, I think there's a difference too between, and, and this is where I, I'll, I'll walk a fine line because I think that there's there's the quote unquote business coaching, which is like the, the bullshit you see, which really is just like, I'm not going to get into it. But then there's like teaching what you do. And like, we ran a mentorship for, for Compound, like, and we did one iteration of it that's got transferred into their, their bigger hole, but it was just on nutrition coaching. But it was like teaching how do we do things and it wasn't even necessarily about money. We brought in other people to do it, but we started educating on, on like stuff we do. That's different than business coaching. Cause I didn't tell anyone they're going to make a lot of money doing it. Um, well, I think, and, I and so fair. I think that there's a, there's a difference. And so I don't want to trash everyone who's kind of teaching what they do. Cause I think that there is, it, it is becoming saturated um, too. There's also a timeline to that, but you'll see that with cycles with, with fitness stuff. But I think the bigger thing here is that there's a lot of way to, ways to make money in the fitness industry. And I, I think like you can, you can see all the models and again, how you choose to go to it. it, it it's the, the path is still, I don't want to say to say the same, but it, you kind of have to start building content and doing stuff and teaching and learning. And this podcast for us was a good way to speak and, and learn about, how to speak. Right. It's talk. about teaching, right? Yeah. I speaking at conferences. I mean, that's, that stuff's not going to pay, pay my mortgage at this state. Uh, state, no. but I'm fulfilled by it. I get to travel. So instead of me having to pay for everything to travel with something, I literally get paid to do it, you know, or like it gets taken care of. I'm like, hell yeah, that's a sweet deal. I get to do all this sort of stuff. I love the writing stuff. Like you said, yeah, the writing for the amount of time that goes into an article versus what I get paid for it, it really dilutes down my quote hourly rate. I would be, I would be way better off training clients, but I'm fulfilled by it. I enjoy the process mm -hmm. and it's fun to be able to share some of this stuff and have a library of it. Do that stuff because you're fulfilled by it, not because, you know, you think, hey, this is going to be like, you know, a big payday. I think everybody that we're talking about who's making money, either A, is still working directly with people or mm -hmm. they are building something, a business entity that scale. What Mike Dola did with Stronger You, then he turns around and was able to sell it. What, uh, you know, the various gym owners that we equate with being successful, look at a Joe DeFranco, right? Uh, again, my buddy, Kenny Santucci with uh, the Strength Club in New York, Luca with Vigor Ground. There are, there are countless examples. Chad Landers with uh, Push Private Fitness in North Hollywood, you know, on and on and on. Or reputable coaches who are still coaching people, right? So I think that's the stuff that ultimately is the, is the financial security long-term. You can put yourself in a position where you can charge more for your time, you know, for mm -hmm. your session rate, for your online coaching, cool. And then add extra income streams as you you build in other things. I think that's great. Um, and I think the podcast and the travel, because I think they go hand in hand, have opened doors of opportunity that I wouldn't have anticipated that has put me in a position where I have a very fulfilling career that I enjoy. So because I'm retiring the podcast, I'm going to double down and actually do more of the travel. But because my livelihood is in such a position that I can afford to do this, mm -hmm. then I now instead of, you know, hey, I got to pick one or two a year. Now I can take off, you know, eight to 10 times and, and go do these things, right? Which is really fun. So what would you say to anybody who is thinking about starting a podcast who might say what you said earlier, and there's already too many of them? What would you say? Why should they? Why shouldn't they? What do they need to know? Well, it's easy to say, why shouldn't they? You probably won't do that well. And if you're someone who's gauging statistics on view count and, and sales made through it, like, I don't know if it's for you, to be honest. Um, not that you can't do it, but I find that the, the most successful ones have kind of transitioned their career podcasting. They, 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 they funneled everything to the podcast. We just started a podcast. I think why you should, I think there's, there's a lot of benefits if you're willing to do it um consistently that's another big one i'll touch on that afterwards but i think that the benefits include again all the stuff that we talked about here and if you're doing it at, in addition to what you do probably for its own sake like i want to learn from people or i want to network or i want to start creating content because like i even started doing that recently because I, I got bored started turning podcast videos into stuff for instagram i think that there's a lot of there's a lot of kill like five stuff What's it, Pat Davidson? Stone five birds at once, or kill two. You can, you can, you can get a lot of birds for one thing. And I think that in terms of investment of time, you can turn it into a bunch of stuff. Now, again, I don't know if it's the best investment in time, but it's one of them. And there's a lot of avenues to go. It's just something different than what you're doing, training wise. And I think that it could be helpful. At the same time, 
I think that if you're expecting it to blow up or do something, it's probably not going to do that thing. Because uh, I don't know what's what's that law? It's like if you expect something, it's going to do the opposite. Like I didn't expect anything. <laughs> I was just like, there is the whenever. the classic rambling, you know, stumbling. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, go back to the old episodes. There are ties where Deed gets. You basically just like don't do a podcast if you want to be successful. Just do it because you want to do it. Because if you don't, you're not gonna fucking do it. It's just like right now, like you're you're quitting it because like you literally can't. Like you don't. You have other stuff that is gonna take precedence for it, and like now it's becoming something that you don't not necessarily don't want to do, but you're finding it's gonna be a burden. And I think that the second it starts feeling like that, which is why I left ours. Like I had a kid and all this stuff, I had to quit. And I think that. Knowing that and understanding that's probably a good thing. Starting this podcast was one of the most important things that we've ever done in our career. Certainly I've ever done. I am not in the position for all the writing without it. I am not in the position for all the public speaking without it. Uh, I am not where I am now without the podcast being a critical. I think that I can continue on well without putting the time and effort into it. When we had that conversation and I decided that based on a bunch of factors that it was time to retire it, it felt like a good decision, which hmm. what I what I I knew it was the right decision. The only thing that I feel bad about, mom, because mom listens to every one of these. She loves these. Very sorry that I'm shutting this one down. We still have the other one. Um, I'll call more often. Uh, love you. You're wonderful. And uh, but I appreciate Bob just like likes to sit down and listen to these on Tuesday mornings. Now, here's something I think will be valuable for people. If you really are hell-bent on starting one, take a look at some people who have had a lot of success and they use their podcast very well to speak to the general population they want to serve. Sam Miller does this well. Eric Roberts, who was a guest not too long ago, does great with social media. He does this really well. His is popular. Jordan's site and the mini podcast is great. Mm. Uh, Jordan has a second one, which is more towards his mentorship with Mike Vacanti. It's a good podcast. If you want to go back to some big classics, um, the FitCast, Kevin Larrabee. I don't think Kevin has had a new episodes in forever, but he pretty much is one of the original podcasters in the industry. And even by his own admission, I don't think you go back to the first couple hundred, but there are a lot of big names. If you go to the FitCast and scroll through, you'll see a lot of people who you like. It's how I found out about a lot of people. It's where I probably, the second podcast I think I got into uh, I started with uh, Lane Norton and Sohee Lee's Physique Science Radio. That's where I started because I was doing digging into a lot of Lane stuff. This is over a decade ago. And that was super cool. And I got to meet Lane in my travels. Actually, I got to meet Sohee. And then Sohee invited me to go to an event to meet Lane. And that was awesome. Uh, and then the other one that's still going is Danny Lennon's Sigma Nutrition Radio. Danny does an incredible job with that one. He's had a lot of really big legacy guests on there. A lot of really good evidence-based stuff. You've got a bunch of great stuff to dive into if you want to learn how to do this stuff well. And yeah, so and, like, I, and I think do your own thing because I think like that was the one reason. And I'm not going to say ours was big, but like the reason why it was enjoyable is because like I listened to a bunch of stuff I didn't like, and I was like, I I know what I'm not going to do. And I think there's there's some merit to that because it, it kind of like with the social media stuff, you can get burnt out doing something that you think you should be doing, like in the way you think you should be doing it when you could just be doing it your own way and you probably won't get burned out doing it. Well, that's, you do that's the same exact thing just differently and you'll love it. And so, yeah, that's exactly what I do with Instagram. Right. And I'll, I'll talk, I'll talk about that. You know, reels and video stuff is a big push and everybody's doing the same look and reel now and get a lot of ideas. I write them down, I capture them. And I try to put them into something that's fairly simple and accessible. And I throw it up as a Twitter graphic, plus some videos of, La of Larry. And once at a blue moon, something about me. And people go nuts for this stuff. They love it. The one I shared yesterday had tons and tons of shares. People were, were really happy with that one. And it's an authentic way to share a piece of what I, how I experience our industry, stuff that I think will help people. And it doesn't take that much of my time. And I respond to every message, comments. It's hard to at this point, but if someone shares it or sends me a message, I always reply to it unless it's spam. And even then I sometimes fuck with the spammers. And <laughs> I'm able to do it on my terms where it doesn't feel like a full-time job. If you want to watch some people who are doing really well at Reels, again, Eric Roberts, TikTok, whatever. Eric's got over a million TikTok followers. And I think he's got to be creeping up. He's got to be over 250,000 Instagram followers by now, probably around 300,000. He's killed it in that space. But that's a full-time thing for him. He's also written a ton of articles. He does a lot of podcasting. There's a guy who's focused on himself, his business, and serving his niche well. You want to watch a guy who's really done well 
But by really being on point with all his media, go check out what Eric Roberts is doing. He's a great example of that. I think that's, I don't know if we could, I don't know if we got what we needed to get done. I think we got what we needed here. Um, I'm going to say to anybody listening, if you've been a you know recent or even a long time listener, again, send me a message, say hi. Um, I, you know, any, any positive stuff out of this? Great. Um, if anybody tells me to keep it going, well, sorry, not for now. Uh, go listen to the forever strength podcast that I do with Bailey. Uh, it's really good. I try to make, you know, kind of put Bailey on the spot there and get a lot of her wisdom. And I do bring in guests. So we've had Angela Gargano on here and on that podcast. Susan Niebergall has been on both. Um, I'm going to, figure out getting Dr. Susie squats, Dr. Susie Spurlock on there. It's funny because I'd invite her on this one, but then very abruptly hard pivot uh, <laughs> cut off. And then she still had my calendar link. So she booked one. I'm, like, hey, I'm sorry, but let's get you over on the other one. She's like, okay, cool. That'd be even better because that's like my audience. I'm like, great. Um, anyway. And meanwhile, guys go follow Dean. Uh, he likes talking about walking a lot on his, what, what is your Instagram handle now? Um, King. I don't know. I'm not even getting that. That's another podcast. Yeah. But I talk about walking and I do, I do have a podcast sort of, yeah. it's through the other business. We we have a segment on compound performance radio where Jeb yeah. and I have done the other thing. I think he, you've had a few episodes with him now at this point. Yeah. I've had Jeb on a bit. Jeb is just great. Jeb is great to see. If you ever get a chance to see Jeb's yeah. person, go follow Jeb Stewart Johnston. Yeah. Uh, just a great, authentic human being. Some of the best nuanced thoughtful habit and nutrition based stuff so yeah, he's like super smart and like he's super thoughtful and he has a way of saying things and like that's why it's perfect because i don't I, I don't like like you alluded to i'll ramble i'll get some gold there somewhere but like i'm not preparing at all jeb sounds prepared i'm pretty sure he isn't um and then on the other end you're very prepared and very thoughtful so it's like it's it's a good it's a, it's a multiple ways to do this thing it takes a lot of mental energy and the more you divvy it up, um, it, it gets harder. And I noticed that I had to reallocate some stuff. So anyway, I'm really grateful for the opportunities that this podcast has provided. Technically I'm recording 250 before I'm recording 249. So, uh, it's kind of funny doing them out of the order, but I'll release them in order anyway. So I hope everybody who's been listening has really enjoyed this. I hope you'll continue to interact via social media. Follow me if you're not already, uh, at, Andrew Coates Fitness um, on Instagram, which is the main hub for me. And if you get a chance and you happen to want to go to an event that I'm at, reach out. Let me know you're going to be there. I'll be excited to meet and interact and talk. And uh, Dean, my friend, I'm very proud of everything that you've done in your career. And I know that this podcast has been a really critical inflection point many times over. It's it's over. It's so sad. It's like it's it it was already sad, but now it's like kind of super sad. But I'm also super happy. Like I'm if I couldn't be happier that it ended at least this segment of it, because we gotta do it the way we always did it, which was just off the top. (laughs) It was a good chat. Maybe right after this, it'll like, you know, two years from now, it'll roll right into episode, you know, 101 on the new format. Be like, hey guys, I'm back. I've got you know XX guest or whatever. Um, you know, like there, there are certain people that I will reserve the right that if like somebody of like very, very big, long-standing status and authority in the industry, I hate the concept of status, but you know, let's say Lane Norton never comes to me and be like, Hey, I'm going to do that podcast now. Cause Lane and I talked about it a lot, which never able to schedule it. So he's, he's not on my guest list, but if Lane never does, I'll do a one-off for Lane Norton. <laughs> right. But otherwise, uh, thank you everybody. Appreciate it, Dean. And, um, Go follow Dean, follow me, please. And there's no staying staying tuned for another episode. So go listen to Forever Strength. Thanks so much, everyone. This has been a blast. It's been a great five years.